On average, of those who pass away age 60 and older, they leave roughly $100,000 to their heirs. It does vary tremendously, of course, and the amount can range from zero to millions. Today, Dave is going to share some important thoughts on what you need to do best to protect your assets when you pass on, because you can't take it with you. Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world, and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level. To those of you that have listened to our podcast and others, you are becoming financially literate on money, and it should only be natural that you'll want to be wise with your estate. Don't let the government decide for you where your money goes. Today's episode, Dave is going to talk about where your money goes when you pass away. It's a subject that often isn't thought about, but it is important, especially as you're getting older and you're starting to build up a little bit of wealth. So Dave, go ahead and take it away. Thank you, Nate, and thank you everyone who's listening today. This subject, you know, is something that people don't talk a lot about, whether it's with your spouse or with your kids. You know, the death is going to happen to all of us, but for some reason, that's a topic that does not get talked about a lot. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and I'm going to go at it from the perspective of an inheritance. Now, I am going to talk about this in a couple podcasts to the future, a different angle on it, but today I just want to talk about, you know, what you're going to do with your assets and how you can protect them and plan appropriately for them. So let me just tell you a little story before we begin as I like to do that. And it sometimes gives perspective to what the subject matter is today. And the subject is, as Nate said, you can't take it with you. So I worked for several years as a volunteer starter at a local golf course. And I had a lot of fun connecting with the guests and keeping them on time at the number one tee box. During that time, I met a single guy there that was about my age. And from time to time, we discussed finances. Of course, right? That's what I like to do. and. He was a neat guy. He had worked for the telephone company for many years and had done pretty well. And I liked talking to him because he and I had similar saving and investing philosophies. But one day we were discussing end of life things. Exciting, huh? (laughs) Sounds like it. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's kind of weird. But anyway, we were. And I find out he does not have a will, nor does he have any plans to get one. (laughs) It was unbelievable. This guy is like mid-60s, had no plans to get a will, and he has a lot of assets. So anyway, what I found out was he has very strong opinions about things, and on this one in particular, he was adamant that he would not get one. I remember him practically shouting at me one day, why on earth do I need a will? When I die, I don't care where my money goes, I'll be dead. So I guess that's an extreme, and you know, he does have a point. But that's not the way most people think about what they're going to do at end of life, and certainly not my thoughts, and certainly not what I would suggest you do. Well, kind of sad as well, because it sounds like maybe he doesn't have anyone that he would even be leaving his money to, so it kind of makes me wonder about his own family situation. Well, yeah, that is true, Nate, and he is a single man. He, does, he was married, but if I remember correctly, he does not have any children. 
And I remember talking to him and saying, you know, well, yeah, but you might have cousins, you might have nieces and nephews that, you know, you could leave something like that. And I just remember him being, having a very strong opinion that he just didn't want to deal with it. And he really didn't care. And, you know, he has a different philosophy on life than I do. I know spiritually we're on different paths. And so, you know, I guess I get that. But whether you're a spiritual person or not, if you're a Christian or, a, or of another faith, I just think it's important to be a person of integrity and a person that cares about where your assets go when you pass on. It just seems to be a good decision to make. And so just let me encourage you during this podcast to think through that a little bit if, if you're hesitant to get a will or do some of the other end-of-life things. And do that. Don't put it off. Get it done. You know, my counter to him was that why would you want to have the government disperse your money for you? See, if you leave this earth without a will or without a plan on what you're going to do with your assets, even if they're small, the government steps in and they make that decision for you. And again, in, in my friend's case, he could care less. He just thought, I don't care. Let them do it. And I couldn't convince him otherwise. And, and that's his choice. But please reconsider that if that's something you're thinking about. Now, of course, everyone knows that we don't live forever on this earth. However, from what I see around me, there are lots of folks like my golf friend who think otherwise. At least that is the impression I get from them when I ask if they have a will in place or if they've written down how they'd like to have their worldly assets transferred upon their death. As this is a podcast on finance, I want to take some time to educate and encourage you to be proactive in regards to how your financial assets will be dispersed when you pass away. My thought is, if you've been a good steward with your money in life, let's finish well and have a plan on where you go when you do pass away. All right. In a nutshell, there are five things you should do to win with money and leave your estate in good order. The first one I want to talk about is have your beneficiary documents checked every few years to be sure that your wishes are still correct. Now, for those of you that are really new to this, a beneficiary is basically just a written document that says, I want my assets, depending on what they are, small or large, if you have a house or don't have a house or you have uh, mutual funds or you don't have mutual funds, you have an IRA or whatever that you have a named person or persons on that document, and it's a will usually, that this is where you want the assets to go. This is where you want your money to pass to. You know, the reason why I say you need to have them checked every few years is life happens, and you want to be sure that you have the correct recipients on those forms. You know, when you set up your 401k, if you have one in your work world or other investment accounts, you would have named your beneficiaries at that point. However, what happens is usually you set it and forget it. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah, it's just, it's normal human behavior. You know, you get to work, you get your job, and maybe after a year or so, you sign up for your 401k, and you tell them on that document, yep, I wanted the money to go to my children, or a charity, or, you know, you name it. And then they never look at it again. And life happens. Things happen. And so what I'm saying is once every two or three years, you need to take a look at that. Don't let it happen to you that you don't do that. All you need to do is a simple thing that I do a lot on my calendar. I put a reminder on my e-calendar and have it pop up every three years. Then I just take a few minutes. I go look at that document electronically usually and verify that my wishes are still good or not. 
change as necessary. One terrible mistake is when someone gets divorced and does not update their documents and gets remarried. When that person dies in their 401 account, as an example, or other investments, if that document is not updated, the original person on that document, the beneficiary form, they're going to get the money. And probably that money is not going to go to where you had wanted it to go to. Yeah, that sounds like a sticky situation for, unfortunately, the newly remarried person as well to have to deal with. That's right. And well, the ex-wife is going to be happy. But if you had gotten into a divorce and you've settled it appropriately, she or he, depending on what side you're on, would have settled that at the divorce and they would have gotten all the, you know, they usually split the money at that point. So now you're giving them extra and I wouldn't think that that's what you'd want to do. All right. The second one is, have you heard of probate? Well, if you die without a will or a trust, your assets will need to be settled by the state, just like I was talking about with this friend of mine at the golf course. He's not going to get a will. And so eventually, when he passes, the state will get involved and they will decide for him where his assets go. This scenario can last for months or even years, and you can lose as much as 5% of the value of your estate. One thing that you can do is complete a payable on death form for your checking savings account. And in most states, you can have those forms for your mutual funds, etc. So what that does, and that was our scenario when my parents passed away, my sister had her name as payable on death. And so what that allowed her to do is when my last parent passed away, my mom, my sister was able to use the money that was in the checking account of my mom and pay her final bills. You know, her, well, just think about anything that she had to do, you know, credit card, her funeral and outstanding electric bill, gas bill, phone bill, that kind of stuff. If you don't have that, it can be a long process, made even longer. And so by doing that, it's just, it's a seamless, easy thing to do. Okay. All right. The next one is record keeping. And that is a critical part to winning with money. And relating to your financial wishes, you want to be sure to set up a reminder to dust off your estate plan and read it over every three years or so. As before with your having your beneficiaries up to date, you want to look this over. Estate attorneys have said that when those documents get old, this can cause stress and even fights among siblings as they argue over what they understood mom and dad wanted to do. Does that make sense? I know for my family, both on my mom's side and uh, my side, there was no issue with the siblings. However, I honestly remember when I talked with the attorney that my mom had, he said that that is a very common problem where the parent passes away and now these siblings are fighting over who gets, you know, this old antique such and such or who gets the cabin in the woods, so on and so forth. If it's not detailed in the will or trust, there's problems brewing. And so by keeping your record straight and up to date, this is not going to be an issue. Another issue that may come up is if your executor is not up to date. You want to make sure you have your executor up to date and alternative executors. For example, in my case, I had a CPA friend for over 40 years and he was an executor on my trust. And so I had a family member as the first person, but he was the second person. And unfortunately, he did pass away. And so I had to update that. 
Yeah, and just to clarify that as well, the executor, I guess, is the person that when you pass away, they distribute the assets based on what's in the will or the trust. Right. They're they're the physical person that reads the will, and sometimes it's with the lawyer, but they go through it and they, I don't know how to say it, but through the government process, they're the ones responsible now for that trust. They've been given the power to distribute the assets according to exactly according to what the, the person that passed away had said. In other words, they have the final responsibility to where your assets go, and they are required by law to do exactly what your trust or your will says. Super important. Number four, are you in generally disorganized person? In the area of your finances, I must stress that you take the time to get organized. In this regard, what you need to do is have a list of where you have estate documents, your assets, your account numbers, your passwords to get into your online account, and so forth. Better yet, if you can, show your key players, like your executor, where you have those things. If not, write it out where they are and where to get any keys, etc., if necessary. In my situation, I have shown both of our kids a binder that is kept in my file cabinet that has a page of all the key players that they may need to contact, as well as where to get passwords, etc., to get at the financial sites. Some of my contacts are my CPA, attorney, property management company for our rentals, and so on and so forth. What this does, it just makes their job a lot easier when that time comes. And the last subject is procrastination. This one is one of those subjects that we all deal with. As an example, 40% of Americans over 45 do not even have a will drawn up. Don't you be one of them. Get your financial house in order. The number one excuse for not creating a will or an estate plan is, if I do one, I will die. Well, you know, we can chuckle. We can say, well, that's kind of goofy. But it's true. I mean, we're all going to die. But If you don't create an estate plan, you will also die. And in the process, you'll create a mess for your heirs. And you, being a good, sound financial person, do not want to do that. Yeah, I just think about, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave your children or your family or your friends? Good point. And who wants to be remembered as being that disorganized person where now all the kids, their last memory of you is having to figure out all your estate and working with the government and not really having any sort of plan or understanding of where to put your money. So that really kind of reminds me of, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? And even if you're not leaving a lot of money, maybe you'll have more later or whatever. The main thing is you want to leave things in good hands in an organized way, as David mentioned. Thanks, Nate. All right, three points I want to emphasize before we finish today. The first one is beneficiary documents that I talked about. It's a not a set it and forget it thing. Set up a reminder this week in your phone on your little calendar app and set it up so you can check it. This should be done every two to three years. It's an easy thing to do. Number two, please create a will and or a trust. Do it sooner and not later. Again, Put a reminder on your phone, calendar app. Get it done in the next 30 days. P.S. Don't delete that reminder until it's done. The last thing is procrastination is a killer to winning with money. Don't let that get a hold of you and make a plan to get this done. Yeah, and Dave, actually, I have a question for you. Actually, I did create a will about four years ago. 
right? Maybe four or five years ago. And so just doing this podcast reminds me that it's time to take a look at it again. But I didn't do it with any attorneys. I mean, I did use a template document and I had a couple people review it and sign off on it because they were witnesses. How important do you think it is, someone my age, and I'm 35, to actually have an attorney review it or deal with it as opposed to just have a, a document saved somewhere with a family member? Right. Well, first of all, I will say I'm not an attorney, so I really can't say 100%. I did do that. I had an attorney for my will. And then when we made a trust, I had an attorney for that as well. But from my understanding is if you have the document you're talking about and you have two witnesses that will sign off on that, that that's a legal document that you can use. I'm not 100% sure, but that's the way I understand it. A lot of it does depend, too, on how much you have. You know, if you are a lower income person or or you you really haven't been able to save too much in your life, you may not have a lot of money and and a simple will is all you need to do. So don't get too concerned about that. But it's important that you do something. Yeah. And in my case, I, I think I literally just spent, you know, maybe an hour or two just writing it up and then, of course, getting it signed off in front of witnesses that also signed. Yeah. And then that's good. And to your point too, Nate, you know, that's four or five years ago, your situation has changed dramatically. You've been growing a business that's doing pretty well and you've acquired a home. So, you know, you want to make sure that what you said in there is is what your wishes are and uh, just take the time to do that. All right. The last thing I'm going to give you is to take action and, and just remember this, you can't take it with you. However, you can make your family's life a whole lot easier when it comes time to complete your estate. Take the time now and get organized and do the needed steps on your estate. They will all be very appreciative. All right, that wraps up today's episode. As Dave mentioned, not exactly a topic that is discussed often, and that's creating a will or a trust and preparing for what happens when you pass away. But as Dave mentioned, it's very, very important. And you don't want to leave your family and loved ones scrambling if you do pass unexpectedly. So lastly, to talk about next week's episode on the next podcast, Dave is going to talk about a different subject. He's talking to the millennials, those born between 1981 and 1996, who are also called Generation Y. So you could put me in that category. That's right. And they represent the 83 million people in the largest generation. He's going to talk about the great wealth transfer, or should we say the not-so-great wealth transfer. But don't despair, he'll also give some great advice on how to overcome it. Lastly, we want you to reach out at SaveLikeDave.com if you have any questions or feedback. We'd love to hear from you at SaveLikeDave.com. And Dave is going to finish with a scripture verse. All right, thank you, Nate. The scripture is from the New Testament. It's in the book of John. It's John 5, 24. It says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. <laughs>